And a very good morning to each and every one. Welcome to our morning worship of the North Brevard Church of Christ. July the 4th in the year of our Lord 2021. Happy 4th of July to all. I'd like to do a congregational reading. Read with me. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. God of our fathers, whose almighty hand leads forth the you, to sing songs and praise to you, and to glorify you as you have glorified us. We thank you so much for your son Jesus, who came to this earth, led a human life, suffered all the temptations that we suffer every day of our life, and yielded to none, and then died a horrible death so that we would have the hope of spending eternity with you, Father. There is no greater blessing that I can think of. Father, this morning we ask you to be with our sick. We have so many who need your healing hand. We have several who are looking surgery right in the eye. And we have some who have completed their surgery. I won't go over all of them because I can't remember them. But you know who they are, Father, and you know we need help in healing them. We also need help in healing our country from COVID-19 and from all the turmoil that is existing throughout our nation. 
Please, Father, settle our country down, heal COVID-19, and heal COVID-19 across the world. Please be with all of our first responders. We need them so desperately when we're in trouble. Be with them, give them safety, and let them feel that they are appreciated because we do appreciate them. Father, as we go through this service now, let us put the cares of the world aside and concentrate on you and Jesus. And all these prayers we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Our next song will prepare our minds for observance of the Lord's Supper. I'll be directing the song slowly and softly. Verses 23 through 26 read, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Instructions are clear. We're commanded what to do. We look back to the cross, the suffering, the agony, the tremendous love, and we are in awe. But we will stop doing this someday. This comes to an end. When he comes for us, we will no longer partake of these emblems. 
the, the dichotomy of looking back and forward is not something I think we always deal well with. So let's remember lovingly the sacrifice that was made for us. And let's with great anticipation look forward to the time that we no longer do this when he has come back for us. Let's give thanks for the bread, please. Most Holy Father, we are so thankful for the love that you demonstrated for us, the sacrifice that you made so that we have a hope of eternal life. Father, help us to partake of this bread in a way that is pleasing and, Father, in a way that is also hopeful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Most Holy Father, we are thankful for the life-giving blood that you shed on our behalf. And we pray, Father, as we do our best to honor you through this memorial, that you will help us to, again, both look back with great love and kindness, and, Father, to look forward with great anticipation. In Jesus' name. In this country, we have so much. God's blessed us in so many ways. At this time, now we have time to, to, to return a portion of that, that that he's given to us. Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, thank you for this beautiful day that we have. Thank you for all the blessings that you give to us. Thank you for a reasonable amount of help that we have. That we can be here and then we can return part of what you've given to us. We pray that, that as we give, we'll give willfully and cheerfully, and this money will be used to, to promote your goodwill. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our great God has granted this nation... 245 years today. Shall we celebrate this milestone as we stand and sing together? My country is a peace, sweet land of Oh!
Good morning. Today I'll be reading 1 John 3.10. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Thank you, Isaac. He's getting better every week, and it's, he's pretty close to perfect now. So I enjoy listening to him. If you haven't been in the back, uh, you're missing a, a chance to see that we are having a 4th of July fellowship. Is that what we're calling it, Kevin? Okay. We're going to have hamburgers and hot dogs and... Desserts, which are very important to some of you, I know. And we're just glad that you're here, and we'd be glad to, we want everybody to get together. So, if you didn't know about it, that's okay. Come anyway. If you didn't know about it, I know you already are pro you're planning to be there. So, that is great. For a while, in my preaching career, right after I got out of college, mostly. When I got out of college, I was an, a C.S. Lewis fan. I could not get enough C.S. Lewis. So after I read everything that I knew he had, had ever written, I got a new one. A guy named David Martin Lloyd-Jones. And for a while, I had to read everything that he wrote. And I think when you see the story that I'm going to tell, you'll see why. He talks, about his he talks about a boy in his childhood. And the mother was very righteous, very religious. She's the kind of person who never missed a church service. She never tried to say she was the person who was trying to straighten the world out and where she saw somebody that could be in a sinful condition or a situation where they, they could end up somewhere else. She was the one to quickly correct it. When her son was asked about her, he said, you had to be careful when you were around mom because mom would overcorrect you and condemn you when you did something wrong. Then he talked about his dad, real people. And his dad had a problem with alcohol. He would go and drink and be away for four or five days. Sometimes he would go and he would get inebriated and he would find some female at the bar with him and he would go home with her for three or four days. He was totally irresponsible to everybody and everything. 
And that's why this was so numbing to me when this story was written, because he said he asked the boy who he'd rather be with. And the boy said, Dad. And Morton Lloyd-Jones said, Dad? He said, yeah. He said, why? He said, you talk to Dad, and Dad would listen. You could tell Dad what you'd done wrong that week, and, and Dad wouldn't have condemned you. You can even tell Dad when you really messed up. And it seemed like he understood. Now, I can understand Dad doing that. When you can excuse somebody else for doing crimes that you were involved in or around, if they mess up and you were messing up, it, it creates a, a bond. It really doesn't help the boy. Relieve the guilt of the father a little bit. But when I came back to that story, I realized how it fit into what we're talking about this morning. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now, there's some things happening in the Greek that I've got to explain here. The idea of continuing in sin means this is, this is what you do. You do it day in and day out. It's a constant presence. It's not that I did this thing one time. It's something that you habitually do over and over and over again. And John says, that guy who does that, really doesn't know who God is. No one who is born of God will continue the sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he's been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we come to you this morning as your people. And I ask that you be with us and help us See what your word says. Help us, Lord, to be drawn closer to you and closer to each other in love. And I ask that you help me get out of the way so that people can see you clearly. In Jesus' name. When you look at verse 10, there's two parts to it. The first part is what I call the obey part. 
The obey part is that part who said you don't continue to sin. Now, if you had to classify somebody in the story that David Lloyd Martin told, it would be the mother. She was big into obey. And those who did not obey, they, they would get her wrath. She would tell them when they were wrong and they needed to straighten out and all this. She was big on getting people to obey. But there's two parts of ten. The first part, anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. That's the obey part, but don't miss the second part. Nor is anyone who does not love his brother. You see, when you have scales, what he is saying is, yeah, there's a part where people who are are falling they need somebody to come alongside them and, and bring them back into the fold. Yeah, they need that. But don't do it without love. Don't be cruel about it. Don't be condemning about it. Have love when you do it. And the more I thought about this, the more... I realized that was Jesus. Jesus talked about a woman caught in the very act of adultery. And they look at him and he says, the law says stoner. Now, what do you say? That was half of what the law said. The law said the man and the woman should be taken out of the city and stoned. The man's not there. Just the woman. So it's either a trap or the man was still getting away with things that women weren't getting away with. They've got their stones in their hands. They are ready. And Jesus bows down and writes something in the dust. I wish I had the list. Peter Marshall, who was the chaplain of the Senate for years and years and years, said he thinks it's a list of sins that was right there in the crowd. Jesus knew what was in their hearts, and he just wrote it down one by one. And as the people read their sins there in the dust, they started dropping the rocks because Jesus said, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. Now he looks up. And he looks at the people and all those who had brought her in, caught in the very act, threw her at Jesus' feet, they're all gone. And he says this, woman, where are they? Does no one condemn you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. There's that correction part. 
Go and sin no more. That's brought about because of love. And there's that, what you were doing was wrong. And, and they wanted to condemn you. I'm not going to condemn you. There's forgiveness here. What you did was wrong. So don't do it anymore. Go and sin no more. There's a, a straightening out. There's a looking into her life. And then, then there's this forgiveness. The one that amazes me the most is this one. Jesus goes through Samaria and stops at Jacob's well. And a woman comes at noon. That's telling. Women came early in the morning because it wasn't hot. Women who came at noon were avoiding the crowd. In other words, the crowd had ostracized her. And she comes to the well, and there's Jesus. And he said, would you get me something to drink? And she's shocked that a Jew is talking to a Samaritan about getting him something to drink. They didn't associate. So he continues the conversation. And he says, let me deal with the situation. Go call your, your husband. And she says, I... I don't have a husband. He said, I know. You've had five. And now you have a live-in lover. So what you've just told me is not having a husband. That's true. Now, let me ask the pointed question. I asked this in the bulletin, I'll ask you now. What would you do if somebody came through the door and said, I've been married five times and divorced, and now I have a living lover? How would you feel about her? Would you be welcome? Would you sit beside her? Would you let her in even where you could look at her, or would you sit in front and make believe she wasn't part and wasn't there. You know what Jesus does? He says, I know you don't have a husband now and that you've been divorced five times. I know what you have just told me is absolutely true. You don't have a husband. And then she starts saying, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Can we talk about where we should worship? And Jesus tells her about worship. She finally looks over him and says, I know when the Messiah, the Christ, comes, he will explain everything. And Jesus says, I who speak to you am he. And she goes off. And she tells everybody in town she's found the Messiah. And so the Samaritans come and they say, we, she told us, he's told us everything I did. So the Samaritans come and say, stay a couple days here, will you? And because of his word, many more become believers in him. And they said to the woman, 
We no longer believe because of what you said, but we've heard it ourselves. And we know that this man is the Savior of the world. All because he looked at a woman who had been divorced five times, had a living lover, and instead of condemning, he let her know that's not the right way to live. And then showed her love. One more. Two men go up to the temple to pray. and One's a Pharisee, the other's a tax collector. And the Pharisee, standing by himself, said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. He's really high on himself, boy. I am righteous, and he is not. I am holy. He doesn't know what holy's about. And then Jesus says, but let me tell you about the tax collector in this parable. He doesn't raise his eyes to heaven. But he beats his chest. It's a sign of repentance in this time. And said, be merciful to me. God, I know I'm the sinner. And then he tops it off with, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. I don't want to come across as I am soft on sin. It's a tough road. It's such a tough road that Jesus had to leave heaven and come to earth to deal with it. That's sin. That's it in its terribleness. That's it in its harshness. That's it in its capability of wrecking lives. But he also came with love. And that love put him on the cross. We were sinners, so he came. But he loved us, so he dies on a cross. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I think it comes across kind of clear. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. On that cross, all of our sins that's what sin is. It's that ugly. On the cross, that suffering and that pain 
That was meant for us. Because we've sinned. So he got us to know what obeying was about. But he loved us enough to die for us. That balance. This morning, when the people realized that they were part of this crucifixion and had cried out, crucify him, Peter convinces them that he was the Christ. And they cry out, well, what are we going to do? And she, Peter says, repent and be baptized. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, even the Holy Spirit is a way of getting us to live a life where we don't constantly sin. But we know we're loved as he guides our steps. So this morning, if you've never done this thing of repenting of your sins and being baptized for the forgiveness of sins, realize that's part of the obedience and love that takes away your sins. We can do that this morning. If you've once done that and you've stopped living for him who died for you, come back. He died so we can live. If there's a way we can help, won't you count why together we stand and why we sing. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's each of you being here this morning and we invite you back every time that we meet before we close I have a few uh, reminders and announcements first of all we want to congratulate Calvin Moore 
He graduated from the Police Academy this past Friday. We also want to congratulate Katrina Noble. She uh, passed her RN licensing test, and she'll begin working as an RN soon at Holmes Regional Hospital. We also, while we're congratulating people, want to congratulate uh, Mickey and Sandy Tagto and Paul and Marilyn Eccles, as both couples are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary this weekend. As Mike mentioned, uh, we are having a, a celebration of July 4th fellowship this morning. Uh, we hope you will stay and, and be a part of that, be a part of the fun, food, and fellowship. Um, so hope you will do that. The celebration of life for Leona C's will be this Thursday evening at 6 p.m. If you can help with the food for that, please see Betty Lorner. I have an update on some of our sick. Uh, Rachel Wall was having heart palpitations this week. Please keep her in your prayers. Mike O'Neill had outpatient surgery this past Wednesday and is doing well. Carol O'Neill will have surgery this Friday, June, July 9th. Please pray for a successful surgery for her. Mitzi Robinson, I believe, just got her 20th radiation treatment out of a plan 25. She seems to be doing well, and I know many of us have been encouraged by her courage and positive attitude in this fight. Please continue to pray for Mitzi. And Betty Larner has asked for prayers for her brother-in-law, Ray Wisner, who is doing a, a series of surgeries. I have a card to read, uh, and then I'll be finished. Dear church family, we want to thank you again for the outpouring of love, prayers, cards, and the wonderful food and fellowship we had in remembrance of our mom. We have been so comforted in the past weeks by the love you have shown for our parents. Thank you with love, Heather Shadrickson family and Scott Harrison family. Thank you. Shall we stand for our closing song? <coughs> Watch me for a tempo change near the end.
Father, thank you for bringing us all together today. We praise you and thank you for our, your blessings. Please go with us throughout our week, Father, and continue to bless us all. In Jesus' name, amen.